Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, a little overtime for me. Bob Pompiani with you until 2 o'clock, and then we join Andrew Filipponi and the Pony Express. He'll be on National CBS Sports Radio. Uh, then we join the Pitt pregame show after that. Pitt Gardner Webb today at 4. Matt Harkins is at the studio. He'll be taking the calls. And if you want to sound off on anything, please feel free. It's 412-928-9370. You can follow this radio station on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorkey Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkeykia.com. Text the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line. Same as a call in line. Edgar Snyder and officials and associates they remind you to text responsibly. So we're talking a lot about the Steelers and Bills, as you would expect. Uh, that's going to be the theme uh, throughout the weekend here. That's the biggest game going. And certainly uh, the Steelers need a win to get back on track here and to stay ahead of Kansas City. By the way, we haven't talked much about the Chiefs because they will be playing at Miami. Not an easy game for sure. Miami is 8-4 and four and they have high aspirations, but they got a rookie quarterback going at you right now. And so you wonder about what that's going to look like against Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City 11-1, and same as the Steelers, Miami is 8-4. and 412-928-9370, we got Carl on the cell, who's been kind enough to wait. Hello, Carl, how are you? All right, Carl, sounds like you just woke up or something worse. Appreciate it. 412-928-9370 is the number to call as we continue to talk about the Buffalo Bills, and the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow. Pittsburgh, a two-point underdog. That Kansas City game, you know, the Chiefs are not exactly wowing everyone with what they've been doing, but they're winning. Uh, and certainly coming off a, a game against Denver, in which was kind of spotty, 22-16 they win that game. Mahomes, though, has been terrific. He's been terrific all year. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to become a multiple Super Bowl MVP, potentially, multiple Super Bowl champ. And, in order to do that, though, it would behoove them to get the number one seed. And this is the race for the final four games of this season. Kansas City not only has Miami, they have a game against New Orleans, which right now is the number one seed in the NFC. So there are going to be a lot on riding on that game. The Steelers have just got to take care of business. And if they can, they're in the driver's seat, and they would get the time off that comes with this bye and one less game to play. And who doesn't want that at this time of the year? That's the motivation. That's really all you need heading into that game. 
If you'd like to talk more about the situation with the Steelers, call right now at 412-928-9370, and we'll do that until 2 o'clock today. I did want to mention, and I kept floating this, but I never got to it, but I will now. It's about the NHL. For those of you who are not interested in NBA, you probably would not be aware that they've already gone through their training camp. They are now playing preseason games. Keep in mind the NBA finished their season in a bubble after the NHL crowned its champion in Tampa Bay. So the Lakers win, but it took place after the NHL season ended. And here we are, the NBA season already is underway with preseason games. They're already in a situation where their season is going to start in about a week or so. And the NHL, not so much, although they do have a targeted date of January the 13th, in case you did not see this this week. Uh, Both players and the league seem to agree that a 56-game schedule would be the right way to go. But the problem here lies with the border situation between the United States and Canada, because it's still closed amid all this COVID stuff and the pandemic. But the other day, uh, some reporting on ESPN uh, and TSN said that the NHL would not stop teams from making trades between countries. Essentially, if Pittsburgh and Toronto want to make a pl- trade, they can. Of course, the player who's involved or players who are involved have to go through quarantines, and that could affect you know, what you get in return and how much time you're going to get that player. I think that's interesting. And if a guy like Jim Rutherford could look at this and say, it's going to hurt my trade ability. What can I do here where the border's being closed? It also leads, uh, because they're only allowing non-essential travel, uh, you know, realignment is what I'm getting to. Uh, when you look at, if you're not going to allow teams from Canada to come into this country and vice versa, so what do you got? You got realignment. There's no question you're going to have to have it, and you're going to have to have one conference that features Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg, and they're going to have to figure out what to do with the remaining 24 U.S. teams because they have to play. Who do they play? How do they play? How does it all work? This is all part of the the planning that's going on right now. So bottom line is the NHL needs to get moving. They want to play in their own arenas. The NBA is doing that. There is no bubble. You know, you can be smart about this and figure it out if you are willing to do what you're supposed to do. And they get tested a lot. They have an advantage that most people in general society do not have. They should be able to pull it off. And as we get into January, i got to believe that they're going to start allowing people to go to games. They should. This vaccine's coming out. We're going to see it. It's been approved by the FDA. Emergency uses. Healthcare officials will get it, and then those who are most compromised will be next in line. Uh, the confidence factor should increase with regard to pandemic. It's, it's not going to just immediately go away, but it should be dissipated to the point where people should feel comfortable going to games. We'll see how it goes. But that's something the NHL is dealing with right now. And you can imagine teams like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, teams are going to play a lot with very little travel in between uh, as part of the planning. Let's go back to the phone, guy, phone lines at 412-928-9370. We've got Steve who joins us on the cell. Hello, Steve. Pumping ain't easy. How you doing, Bob? What's up, brother? Hey, no, I'm a painter, so I, my best friend is my radio most of the day. I listen to you guys a lot. Um, I was just curious. Appreciate it, Steve. Really, nobody really mentioned all week long about how, as far as the receivers go. I mean, does anybody really notice how much, how many times they're looking away from the ball, or like getting, kind of scrunching down, smelling a hit? Or uh, smell of here. You're talking about little alligator arms in the middle of the field? Yeah. It seems like they're not looking at the ball. They're looking at where they're going to be going when the ball's hitting the ball. Well, 
Yeah, there have been a couple of clangs right off the hands. Uh, Deontay Johnson's had a few of those. You know, when you play the short passing game, especially when it's in the middle of the field, you will get batted balls. It's just the way it's going to be, and Ben Roethlisberger's had an inordinate amount of them. You're also right. going to get uh, a crowded playing field. You know, you're kind of limiting the, the, the turf the defense has to defend when you play short passing over the middle. It tightens everything up, and it makes it, I think, a little bit more difficult. You know, yet Roethlisberger, and I threw this out in the first one, first hour, Steve, uh, you know, he has gone down the field more than you think. Um, in fact, it's been uh, – I, I saw the number here. I wrote it down. I'm trying to remember from uh, the next-gen stats, which are pretty good stuff. They give you a pretty good idea of what's going on over there. But they he's fourth in the NFL in going down the field. Now, he's you know, they haven't had this kind of success they want, but they have thrown it a lot of times just to show it, and then they never go back to it in certain games. But, yeah, I thought you know, maybe, I, I maybe, just, maybe they were, their heads were getting swollen a little bit too, you know? I just think it's a concentration issue. You know, you can yeah. ask everyone, you have a different opinion. Uh, some right. people will say, well, Roethlisberger wasn't in practice the last couple of weeks. In fact, Randy Fichtner said this, the offensive coordinator, and they're taking you know, passes from the jugs gun, which is different than what you'll get from Roethlisberger. All right, fine, but that sounds like an excuse to me, really. Um, I, I, I think it's just a concentration issue. You've got to make sure you have the ball before you start running with it, and they haven't done that a lot. It's led to yeah. a lot of drops, 32, 10 more than anyone else in the league. Steve, be careful Thanks, on the Have ladder when you're Peyton. All right, brother. Appreciate it and all your hard work. Let's go to Paul on the cell, who joins us right now at 412-928-9370. It's the fan hotline. Hello, Paul. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Uh, I'm fine. Um, two points that I'd like to make and have you comment on them. Um, one of the concerns about the Steelers' offense, I'm not talking about third and one, fourth and one. But on your normal downs, with the defenses now seem to be playing 11 men within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, on these short passing game, you need the accuracy, but it, how, how are they going to complete those passes and get any yak yards when you get defenses playing so close? And on the medium range and long range passes, which has been discussed some, do you have any concern about Ben's arm? and his strength and accuracy of making those throws anymore? I think, Paul, it's certainly not what it was when he was 23 years old, but I, I've seen enough evidence to make me think that he can zip it in there. We, we've seen it in games this year on really difficult passes that have to be in small windows with some velocity. And yeah. I think he's just been inaccurate largely down the field for whatever reason. I, I don't have a concern that he can get it down there. We've seen some balls. You know, the, the long touchdown in the, uh, was it the Denver game to Chase Claypool that went for 80-plus yards? He put it right on the money 50 yards down the field. So I don't think there's a problem there. I just think it's the schematics of this this, this offense right now, what it's become. And I they're, think they're so. choosing not to go there as maybe as much as they should go there. There's one way to stretch the field and make it more difficult on the defense. Throw it long, complete it long, and also run the ball a little bit to get them thinking that they have a lot of things to worry about. And I think I agree. the Steelers are making it a little easier on a, on opposing defenses. I just think with 11 men within uh, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, the short passes are going to be a lot tougher to complete. And on third and eight, third and seven, you throw a three, four-yard pass, it's got so many defenders there that they're going to stop any yards after the catch. That's just one of my concerns, thought I'd bring it up. Yeah. Well, I think it's a valid one. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, and then happy holidays to you. Tim in Wexford joins us right now on the Fan Hotline. What's up, Tim? Hey, Bob. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. Appreciate your call. Good. Good. Hey, listen, Bob. Uh, 
I got a funny feeling that Mike Tomlin could have been talking about possibly James Washington, okay? There has been a stealer, and I don't want to mention his name because I feel bad for him, but he's had a common theme since he's been on the Steelers of fumbles and drops, okay? And I feel really bad for him, but I think James Washington has earned his chance to play more. I think he needs to get more snaps. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, what about spreading the field, Bob? What about throwing, you know, 20, 25-yard passes? What happened to that? Well, it's there more than you think. It hasn't been completed nearly as much as you would like, Tim. But you're right. I mean, I think one way to to, to make defenses aware of, you know, covering the entire field is to throw it and to complete it down there and different kind of patterns uh, that we've seen so far. As far as James Washington, I think you saw an increase in, in his time last week. I think Roethlisberger wants him on the field more. He said so. He got a 50-yard touchdown last week against the Washington team. So, And at that point, the Steelers went up, and I thought, man, they never lose 14-point leads, right? And here they had first time in a long time. They were 78-1-1, I think, with a 14-point lead. Anyway, I think James Washington will get more time. I think it will be at the expense of Eric Ebron, surprisingly. But I think they're going to go five wides more than you think. Uh, Ebron's in there for a specific reason, but he, when he drops passes, they're normally big passes as well. This has been a team-wide plague. They've got to stop it, and it has to stop tomorrow because even though they've had good time of possession numbers, you still, when you drop passes, you stop clocks, you end drives, you give other teams more possessions, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important that they finish those plays. We are due for a break. Well, Kent on the cell, hang on. Uh, Tim, I'm sorry, I'm up against it here, so i got to take this break. But I appreciate your call. And Kent, you hang on. We'll get to your call when we come back here. It's 412-928-9370. That is the number to call. Uh, and I also want to remind you, coming up today at 4 o'clock, it's the Pitt Panther basketball team in action against Gardner-Webb. And this is a team that they should beat. It's also a team uh, that will be at the Peterson Event Center. You'll hear that game after Pitt came off a nice win against Northwestern the other night on the road, 72-71. to 71. I think that's where it was. Anyway, it was a uh, Justin Champagne dunk, and boy, did he have a big game at 20 points and 20 rebounds. We'll take a break, come back with more all the way up until 2 o'clock when we join the national show of Andrew Filipponi right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back as we roll along at 412-928-9370. want to remind you about all our Steeler coverage coming up on KDK-TV. Got the Mike Tomlin Show tonight, 1135. Tomorrow, it's the Steelers kickoff, 1130 in the morning on KDK-TV. And then we talk all night, as we often do, on Pittsburgh CW, 1035, Sports Call. We got the showdown, 1135 KDK-TV. So we do a lot of talking. We want to hear from you, too. We want to hear what you have to say about this. And I enjoy talking to people out there in western Pennsylvania. I have a lot of respect for those of you who follow sports and are so passionate about it. It's 412-928-9370. You can hit me up on Twitter at KD Pump. Let's go to Kent on the cell. Hello, Kent. How are you? Welcome to the program. Hello, guys. How's everybody doing today? Hey, listen, uh, you know, I know you look at the records and everybody looks at the records and looks at the records. But, you know, there's one thing you've got to look at. Who's trending hot right now? And when you look at the AFC, you probably got a handful, maybe four to five teams that are trending upward, and the Steelers seem to be just stagnating right in the middle there. And it's a little worrisome when you think about it because of the schedules that are out there. Steelers could end up losing a couple, and 
and a couple other teams can start sliding back up the scale. And I, I, I'm in a firm belief that by the end of the season, that last game in Cleveland could mean a lot. What do you think? Oh, I agree. Hang on the line. I'm going to put you through a little test here, okay? Because I agree with what you're saying. The record is still important because you want to get the number one seed if you're them. But you have four left, and you've got to be playing your best football this time of the year. So, I agree. The Steelers are trending the other direction. They need to switch that tomorrow. Kansas City is kind of blah to me. Do you agree, Kent? Because they have, they've won, but they have not won impressively, at least so says their fan base. What do you think? I, I think Kansas City's a lot. There's no doubt about it. they got the best quarterback going right well, now. Well, so are the Steelers. That's not the question, though. How are they playing? They're playing not, not, not bad. They're playing not to lose in some cases, which is sad. But that Tyreek right. Hill is going to be a handful for anybody. No question. I'm just asking you who's hot and who's not. Next up would be Buffalo. Well, I think they're trending hot? in the right direction, right? Who's that? Buffalo. Baltimore? Oh, Buffalo, no doubt. No. Buffalo tomorrow. Don't yeah. hey, don't be surprised tomorrow if uh, come. Uh, oh, geez, I hate to say, it, come Monday morning, we're talking about a lopsided win. Well, we'll see about that. I, I disagree with you there. I think the Steelers have uh, – I think they're going to bear down in this game. You're going to see a different approach. Uh, well, it's still going to be a very down, competitive game, and how they start will have a lot to do with it. Well, let me ask you about guy, Tennessee. They're going the other way, not the right direction. Let me ask you about Tennessee, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Miami, and Cleveland. Cleveland is – of all the teams that I just mentioned, Cleveland is the team that is trending upward to me. There's no doubt about it. And when you look at the – you know – I have a gut feeling Cleveland could potentially beat Baltimore on Monday night in Cleveland. Then, from there, they got the Giants and the Jets. I mean, it could come down to that last game. It can. You're absolutely right, which is why that Monday night game in Cleveland, and thank you for the call, Kent, appreciate it, is the most important game Cleveland has seen on a Monday night ever uh, since Bill Belichick was their head coach. And that was against the Dolphins in a game that I remember Dan Marino coming back and winning uh, and Cleveland had the game one, I thought, but Marino and his team fought back. That was a big Monday night game. They haven't had one in a long time, and this is going to be it. So they're going to, and they also go into this as underdogs, which is surprising to me if I if I'm seeing that correctly. A two point dog at home, and the Ravens are in desperate need of a win too. But you're right about Cleveland. If they somehow they're nine and three, should win that game and go ten and three, they got two games that they're going to be heavily favored in to get twelve and three. And if the Steelers don't watch themselves, they can be in, in harm's way here because that last game of the year is going to be huge no matter how you slice it. But the Steelers control their destiny. Four games left, I think you would have taken that at the beginning of the season. How they're playing right now is something of concern, and they need to switch the on switch on, you know, and, and start doing and with injuries on defense is going to be harder. Their offense is going to be under more pressure this week. They're going to have to keep pace with a team that's scoring a lot, and they're going to have to make sure they keep it away from that team that's scoring a lot. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. <clears throat> I did want to get a couple of other things uh, out there just real quick because Jason Mackey the other day posted this on social media, and we haven't had much talk back on it, but he's, he is hearing that the Pirates and Yankees are involved in negotiations or talks or whatever you want to call it for both Jamison Tyone and Josh Bell. I'd be curious to hear what you think about that, because there's, there's a faction of people who want the, the, the Pirates to just totally just trade everyone and get draft picks and start over and rebuild, which is, to me, what they've been doing anyway. But then again, if you do that, you have no selling point, not that you would this year anyway. 
What do you do if you're the Pirates in that situation? And I guess the return would dictate what you do. The Yankees do have a lot of talent in their organization. We'll see. 412-928-9370. Bob in Moon Township is on the phone right now, and he's on the Bob Pompiani Show. we got Bob and Bob. What's up, Bob? Hi, Bob. I'd like to start off wishing you and your family happy holidays. Same to you. Very much so. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, I wish you the best. Um, I think the Steelers' biggest problem is their injury situation. I I just um, think that they can correct things like Chuck Noll used to do that he'd take the team and go back to basics. So I think they can correct things like that. But, but these injuries are, are just um, – I almost only see them winning one more game this year because of the injury situation. Um, the running backs, to tell you the truth, I don't know why they drafted that McFarland. He seems like just a puny guy. And, you know, they need someone like a Nick Chubb type or, or like a Dobbins or something. So, I mean, I hope... Well, they had a chance on Dobbins, and they passed on him to go to Claypool. So that's, well, you know, and, and you can complain about that. it, but you also have to give them credit. Well, no, I'm not complaining. I realize they, they took Claypool because he is a gifted athlete, and and they have Ben who wants to throw the ball. So I'm, I'm not saying that they... they uh, they they took the right person, but the, in that running back position, I think they need a bigger back like uh, Chubb or or, or um, the Tennessee running back, some somebody like that. Yeah. I have a question. I would agree you. generally with what you're describing, but I think you can do that in a lot of different ways. They're available. Look at James Robinson, what he's done this year in Jacksonville. Uh, that's a guy who was an undrafted kid, and he has been terrific. So you could find them, and I think absolutely on their to do list, that's one of them. Well, there you go. It, 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 it would have been so great if the Steelers – imagine if the Steelers had him, Robinson. Um, we might not be in it. I don't know if they would have right run now. the ball anymore, though. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, well, they're choosing but, to go the other direction when it comes to the run game. At least they would have had somebody that that is probably a better runner than who they have now. Now, now Connor, I give him a lot well, of credit in and, and my question to Barry, you what is, I was going to say is that, is that McFarlane is more of a, a guy to go outside the tackles and give you those big chunks of yards. I mean, that's what he did at Maryland, and that's what they expect in time. Now, he's only a rookie. I, I wouldn't make too much judgment on him so far this season, but I do think in time he ha- that's his role, and what he does with that role now is up to him. Are they calling those plays for him, though? Are they using them in that capacity? Uh, here and there, but largely he's been running between the tackles, which I find interesting because uh, that's not his strength. At least it doesn't appear to be. But, you know, they got a lot of things to do in the off season, and there are going to be a lot of different questions. For now, they have what they have, and James Conner's coming back with Pouncey. I would expect that we saw 14 rushes last week versus 53 passes. I think you'll see 20-plus rushes tomorrow. I really do. I think they're going to try to do it that way. And, and, and I think they need to do it that way. And, again, I'm not expecting him to run for uh, 150 yards, you know, like Le'Veon Bell did 200 yards the last time the Steelers visited right. Buffalo. But what I do expect is a game plan that would offer them a run game that could, you know, convert when they need to convert. Again, situational running. That's how it's labeled. You need to be able to do it when you can. And, and they did it at the beginning of the season. That's what's so confounding to me, that they did it. Now things have changed pretty radically. 
Well, now that you say that, isn't Buffalo artificial turf? And, uh, and didn't, geez, I haven't, I, have, I haven't watched a game there in a while. I, did, I don't know what it's probably field turf, like a lot of these places have. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not artificial, have, but it's. Didn't Benny Snell have a big game in New York on kind of like a field turf or something? Yeah, I don't know about those conclusions. You got to run, and but, holes have to be open. That's where it all starts. But Gary, up against well, it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Hope you have a wonderful holiday. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy is the number to call. Um, and the bottom line is, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be one of those games that can make or break a season, quite frankly. Uh, if you win it, you're 12-1. and one. It's a big win. You hurt one of the teams pursuing you, and you continue to control your own destiny. If you lose it, likely you fall behind Kansas City, because Kansas City will be favored in that Miami game. And if you do that, now you don't have the number one seed, and now you're working about who you play in the first round, and you get no break. And Buffalo takes a step on you. And if Cleveland can do the same, things can change pretty radically. So tomorrow is huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's huge for, it's huge for everybody this time of year. But this is where you have to start making your, uh, your season turn around. And, and it's been trending the opposite way. Uh, and yet they've been winning games, which is good, obviously, because that's ultimately the stat that matters. But the, the performance has to be better. And we'll see it starting tomorrow as the Steelers will travel to Buffalo. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. We'll continue until 2 o'clock, and then we join Andrew on the National Pony Express show. Before that, uh, we have more calls to take at 412-928-9370 right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, as we round third head home here, the final 15 minutes of the program, I thank you for listening and thank you for calling. It's still 412-928-9370. Matt Harkins is still there, and he'll be taking calls if you wanted to get some in here before 2 o'clock. We were talking a lot about the Steelers game, of course, and the Steelers have a big assignment, and they also have a difficult schedule. After this, it's at Cincinnati on a Monday night, and then Indianapolis, a playoff team, comes to Pittsburgh, and then they go to Cleveland. Now, let's compare here these schedules a little bit, just so you understand what's at stake here. The Steelers... Still in possession of the number one seed, but not trending in the right direction, or at least the direction you want to see them go at this stage. They could change that tomorrow. It's a big win, a big game for both teams. But they're number one, Kansas City hot behind. I'm going to compare Pittsburgh and Cleveland, just because Cleveland is one of those teams that seems to be playing some pretty good football right now. Two-pronged attack, a good running game, and the pass game has become better, even without Odell Beckham Jr., who's out. But they've gotten a lot of production out of other people. So Pittsburgh, of course, has Buffalo. Then they have a trip to Cincinnati on a Monday night. Come home to Indy and at Cleveland. Three of the four are playoff teams. You go to Cleveland, on the other hand, they have at Baltimore Monday night. Then they have the Giants, the Jets, and Pittsburgh. One playoff team. Baltimore's on the outside looking in. However, they're favored in Cleveland. One of the biggest Monday night games Cleveland's seen in quite some time. Maybe since Bill Belichick has been their head coach. Way back in the 90s. That's how pretty much irrelevant they've been. They've been on national TV on a Monday night this late in the season. But if they win that game, they're looking at, you know, potentially 13-3. and three, Or 12-4 and four at the worst. That game at the end of the year will have a lot of meaning. The Steelers have got to win and contain their own destiny. Kansas City has Miami this week at Miami. That's a team that's pretty good. It's, just, it's, it's better than it's been. I don't think they're on the same level of Kansas City, but are they capable of pulling an upset? Yes. 
Tua Tagovailoa is going to be their quarterback. Last week he was 26 of 39. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. It's going to be tough for Miami's defense to stop that team, I think. Kansas City also has New Orleans, which is a non-conference game, but still a loss potentially. So this is where they are, uh, and this is what lies ahead. The Steelers have issues to work out. They are shorthanded defensively, no doubt. I think the loss of Hayden with a concussion is difficult, especially when you add it to the losses of Vince Williams with a COVID list, with Spillane with a knee. They have Avery Williamson is going to be running the uh, defense. And not that he can't handle that, but he's only been here for five weeks, and there's always a possibility of communication failure in that situation. They're taking on a quarterback who's very good at what he does, not just throwing, but he can buy time. He uses his legs to help set up his arm in Josh Allen, coming off AFC Player of the Week with four touchdowns, no picks, and 80% completion percentage in that San Francisco game. Tough assignment. The Steelers have an offense which is struggling. Not what they were early in the season. Need to get back to the what they were early in the season. Connor returns. I see an over on James Connor. Ten carries. Would you go over? Or would you go under? I think as a as a unit, they're going to go over 14. I don't think they're not going to have 14 rushes like they did last week. I think you're going to see more than that. I think they should do more than that. It's how they do when they do those runs. That's going to be the difference. You can't afford the tackles for losses. You can't afford... No push from the offensive line in the run game. They've got to get better efforts up there. Marquis Pouncey returns. That should certainly help them. But it's going to be a fascinating game to watch for sure. It'll be the most watched game, I think, this weekend, Sunday night in Buffalo. 412-928-9370 is the number. I just want to end by talking about a classless move that I saw, you all saw. I put it on Twitter when it happened. I was watching the Pitt game against Georgia Tech. So Jeff Collins, who was completely... I rate the whole game, and listen, the officiating stunk for both teams in that game. The fourth quarter took forever because the officials didn't know what they were doing, with ball spotting, with confusion among themselves, um, and it was just ugly. But Jeff Collins then goes to shake Pat Narduzzi's hands and clearly doesn't want to deal with him, yanks it away, doesn't even look at him, the no-look drive-by handshake. And I thought it was extremely classless to do it. There's no reason for it. He didn't have a good explanation for it. Was it a COVID handshake? Did he want to keep social distance? Why did he do it? He didn't have a good answer either. Uh, Georgia Tech is not a good program, and they haven't been good under his direction either. They got crushed by Clemson this year. So did Pitt, but they got crushed worse at 70-3, to whatever it was. But I didn't think that was merited. I have no idea if there was something between those two. I don't think so. He was agitated, fine. That's not how you show team sportsmanship. I thought it was the, uh, just a terrible look on Georgia Tech's part, and he didn't. And he had to have known that he was going to be a subject of not just criticism, but memes and everything else. But he still did it anyway. Pitt, however, got the last laugh. Vincent Williams, who was outstanding. You know, Pitt did not have a 100-yard rusher. I didn't know this all year until that game. And then he gets 247. A uh, big one right off the start of the game, and then he had a nice 38-yard touchdown to pretty much end the game. There were those on that play who said, slide, don't go into the end zone. I had no problem with that. I mean, I went back and forth with some people on Twitter about that. He could have killed the clock by, take, by falling down at the one-yard line, all that stuff. But no, they were up by 14 points with 47 seconds left or whatever it was. There was no way that Georgia Tech was going to win that game. 
and Vincent Davis did what he wanted to do. He scored a touchdown. If he had slid, would I have had a problem with it? No. It's become in vogue to do that. I get it. It's a smart play. But by scoring, he made it a two-possession game for a team that didn't have any timeouts and 47 seconds left. No matter what he would have done there, he made the right call because they weren't going to come back and win that game. 412-928-9370, the number. we got a busy week this week. It's not just this game coming up tomorrow, uh, but there's going to be negotiations going on with the NHL, its players and owners, concerning realignment for this season. In case you missed that, uh, January 13th is the targeted date. Training camps would like to start by the end of this month. Finally, the two sides agreed on you know, CBA language and money distribution and all that stuff. That was a stumbling block for sure. But they got that out of the way. So now the question is, what do they do with their divisions and their conferences? Obviously, this is going to be another one of those seasons interrupted by COVID, even though COVID should be hopefully waning as we get into the spring with vaccines now ready to be distributed and used. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there's a border issue between the United States and Canada. So it's still closed amid this pandemic. And the one thing it will not stop, though, are trades between teams from Canada to the United States. Players who are involved can do this and, and be moved, but they have to, of course, subject themselves to a 14-day quarantine. Borders closed to all non-essential travel, and they got a lot of issues to deal with. So the bottom line is... Get it done, and I think they will. And you'll see an all-Canadian conference and then whatever else happens with the 24 remaining U.S. teams. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.